It's actually a skill, I think, enterprise design thinking that everybody should have. It's truly like learning how to read, learning how to write, those kind of fundamental skills that this creative problem solving is really what this is. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Making of the SRE Omelette podcast, where we explore the positive business and client success outcome from site reliability engineering and how experts influence the culture and mindset shift that led to those results. Enterprise design thinking has positively influenced how companies build products that deliver happy user experience. Can the same practice and mindset be applied to SRE? And if so, how? Joining us to discuss this topic is Carl Brandenburg. Carl is a VP of Client Insight and Research at IBM. He's a great champion of tech vitality and has tremendous industry experiences improving the user experience of human interface to technology. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thanks so much, Kevin. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Hi, Carl. I can think of no better person than you to speak on the subject of design. Besides having led IBM Design, you also have over 100 conferences, publications, have also taught design at universities and colleges. Can you start by sharing with the audience what is enterprise design thinking? It basically is a, an approach to use the kind of thinking that designers use that anybody can then actually use. And it starts with really trying to understand the problem deeply, especially from a human point of view. That might be the user, might be a stakeholder, but fundamentally understanding deeply what the problem is, then figuring out what the most important problems are of all the problems you've seen, then going into a session of ideation where you get ideas for how to address the problem. And very importantly, you don't just do that out loud. You do it quietly by yourselves. If there's a group of like five to 10 people, it's really important to do it that way because you will get that quiet person that doesn't necessarily say a lot, might have the best solution to a problem, right? So then once you determine some of the ideas, then you vote on which of those may be the most impactful and also the most feasible. And then go and prototype what a solution might look like and then get feedback on that as well. It's basically that simple. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to say, yeah. harder to do. <laughs> I know that makes a lot of sense, but it's not always been like that, right? Carl, can you take us back to what it was like? What was it like building software before enterprise design thinking? We had before enterprise design thinking, we had user-centered design, actually, which I also introduced into right. IBM in the 1990s. And that had lots of the same attributes actually of it, but what was really different. So we ended up doing things like task analysis to understand the user. We would prototype, get feedback and the like. What's different with enterprise design thinking is really what we call the modeling methods and the collaboration methods. It really was a super fast way. If you're doing a whole bunch of interviews with people that are your users or your stakeholders or colleagues for that matter, in the past it would be really slow and you'd end up having to document all this stuff. Right. And now we do something like an empathy map right. where everybody just get, takes either digital or, or physical sticky notes and write down a few ideas on the board. You can move them around and like after like a few minutes, you've actually done what used to take some months before. So right, right. it's really the collaboration methods and the 
the ways of capturing and modeling and mapping the ideas and moving ideas around the like that really is the unique contribution of the enterprise design thinking method. I remember not that long ago, five, 10 years ago. <laughs> well, some may think that's a long time. Right. <laughs> Building a software is not weeks and months effort. It was years. That's right. The time we finished design, it took the team months to iterate through the different testing phases before we finally released to the customer. And often I remember, oh, wow, that's not what customer wanted. <laughs> no, it's a really good point that it would take a whole release. The other addition to enterprise design thinking using agile methods. Yeah. So where you're not now doing what we used to do with waterfall, you do this, understand <laughs> the problem, uh, the problem, right. build for a year, year and a half or whatever, and then yeah. find out that it wasn't yeah. actually what yeah. users wanted. And now we can do that way more iteratively. Yeah. Was there a aha moment to you when you say we should do this differently? It was. I've done this kind of work for most of my career, but about 10 years ago, we, very close to here, we had a new CEO that came into IBM in uh, 2012, Ginny Rometty, and she came internationally on the second day of her job to go international from New York. The fastest way to do that is come to Toronto. So <laughs> yeah. she was actually in our amphitheater right. that second day on the job. And I heard her say, second thing out of her mouth was, the client experience was going to be the key focus for her. And so I basically right away sent an email off, start to do the very thing that she said. We, right. we were going to have a supportive CEO yeah, on yeah, this work, right? right? And to make a long story short, and it is a long story, we basically had a, a set of alternate methods we were looking at and evaluating. And we we're also looking at, I did an assessment of the number of designers we had at IBM at the time, and designers and researchers. We had a total of 230 for the whole company. And the company at the time was about 400,000 employees. So, right, fractions of a percent. That's right. And, and I also looked at, we didn't have dedicated designers. Some 58% of the designers worked on more than one product. But you think, okay, here's a problem. So we did make the proposal that we should hire a number of designers. We said maybe 1,000, 2,000. We now have 3,000 designers in IBM, yeah. as well as researchers and right. more recently, and that's my current role, also looking to increase the number of researchers, UX researchers, who really are the ones that are specialists at understanding the problem. But getting back to your aha question, it was when I started to teach, or we call it activate, because it's actually experiential learning. You're not being taught, but you're learning to do it while doing it with enterprise design thinking, initially around the, the various product labs around the world, and then with our consulting organization and then the sales organization and like, but the earliest experiences in starting to, to teach this stuff was that there was no pushback on it. Everybody's like, even the most ardent people that were against the importance of design, let's say, right. were when we were going through this, were yeah. saying, this makes perfect sense. Right. We should be do doing it like this. And then yeah. one, one person, yeah. actually an architect from the Toronto location, during one session in Austin, Texas, yeah pulled me aside and said, you know what, Carl, I've been working on this product for 15 years. In a 15-minute exercise, I got more clarity on what we need to be doing with the product. So that was an aha. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. You know, Carl, I, I used to joke with my team, you know a product or offering is important when they got designers. <laughs> yeah, true. So enterprise design thinking has took us to a new level of building software and adapting Segway outcome from that. How However, I haven't seen many cases of that being applied to solving SRE problems, to solving operation problems. Mm -hmm. First of all, 
do you think enterprise design thinking can help us solve those problems as well? And so, how can we change our mindset, or how can we get started there? I've been saying for years, and I like you said, I, I teach this stuff too, and I challenge students and also even、yeah. faculty to come up with something that enterprise design thinking is not appropriate for.、I'll、give you one <laughs> I example. <laughs> so I had one session. I was at Brown University with the senior faculty there, and this one woman who ran theoretical math and、uh-huh. said. Or how about that? You know, and said, "Tell me a little more about what you do." And so she would run a session once a year, where she would invite the brightest mathematicians around the world to solve key problems that the world had. And she had this building that was like a like the whiteboard wall here,、yeah. but like three stories high with、wow. like and with like、uh, movable ladders and the like to go up there. <laughs> and it was all equations, right? So、wow. so the, so anyway, she said, "That's what we do." And I、yeah. said, "Well." How do you determine what problems to work on? He said, "Well, we send emails around to one another." And I said, "Okay, here's the solution for doing that kind of work." Taught her how to do this stuff. She now does that in order to come up with the, the most fundamental yeah, yeah. problems. So, same thing with sales. So, I worked with the sales team and the tech sales. They're like, "Well, how's this relevant to, to <laughs> us?" Right. So, basically, did sessions with them and think about it from the point、yeah. of view of too much of the time we try to sell what's on the truck. In the sense that here's our product, we're going to try to convince you that you need I, this. I build it. You need it exactly,、yeah. as opposed to really trying to understand the client really well, and then determining, well, yeah, you know what? I think this product would be, and you know what? Some of the time, being honest and saying we don't have the solution for that or whatever. So that actually, in the work that I did there, we had one、uh, one year. I worked with the, the part of the company that is now Kindle, and we looked at the sessions that we did with enterprise design thinking with clients. Versus the ones that we didn't, in terms of a sales pursuit, and we made five billion dollars more in one year with the ones that did it. So, and that's what was the、wow. part of the inspiration for the client、wow. engineering organization that we now yeah, do、uh, yeah. do. But getting back to your SRE question, I'm basically saying it's relevant to any. And so I think that when you think of what SREs do, when you have a challenge, we have a problem.、Yeah. Really understanding it deeply from everybody's point of view. So if you've got a problem, like oh my god, we've got some. Down, you know, outage or whatever that we need to sort of deal with, trying to get to the cause of what that problem was from a variety of different perspectives. If you've got five people working on the team or whatever, quietly get their input,、yeah. and then in terms of even coming up with ideas for how to solve that problem, having those ideation、uh, mm-hmm. sessions and doing them like I said before, without the loudest person in the room speaking, right. Right. but instead actually ideating with everybody coming up individually saying, "How about this?" and encourage them even to come up with crazy ideas. Because the crazy ideas, a lot of the time, will still get you to the point where it's like, "Wow, I had never thought of that before." Right, Give me an example. Right, right. So, I did a session with a utilities company that was talking about problem that they had was that the power lines that they had were breaking because they had snow and ice on them. Right. right? So, I do this exercise to get them to ideate on crazy ideas, and somebody drew a picture of a bear <laughs> climbing up the pole and shaking it. Right. But when when that person presented it to the group. Then somebody else said, "You know what? We fly helicopters across that all the time. Let's test to see if we can fly them close enough with so safely, and it would blow the the water or the ice、right. and and the snow off. That's what they do now, right?、Uh-huh. So it's those same principles can apply to the SRE domain, I would think as well. Taking perspectives of everyone involved to build service and consume the service, and that really opens up opportunity to challenge the status quo.、Mm-hmm. I love that perspective. 
And then you could also get brand new things. My understanding of, in terms of where SRE started with that team in Google, yep. and I think they're innovating. Well, we could be innovating in yeah, this whole yeah. space by not just doing things we're always done, but to have brand new ways to do it. And you can get that with these kind of methods. That's a great perspective. So, Carl, suggestions on how we get there? It's actually a skill, I think, enterprise design thinking that everybody should have. I said before that I challenge people to come up with something that's not relevant to. I think it's truly like learning how to read, learning how to write, those kind of fundamental skills that this creative problem solving is really what this is, right? And it really should be taught in like elementary school, in high school, in universities, and the like. And certain jurisdictions are doing that, like yes. in public school, for example. And I teach it in university, I teach it to executive MBA students so that they can inject it into their companies, boards, boards of directors as well, teaching classes Saturday actually on that. And I've been involved in this initiative together with one of the biggest design gurus in the world, Don Norman, who kind of wrote the, the book on this area. He actually is the one that inspired me first to develop user-centered design at IBM. He wrote the book 1989 on wow. that that I adopted. He and I are now working together. We launched an initiative called the Future of Design Education. So we had some hundreds of academics and people yeah. that from business to design what the curricula should be for yeah. the future for not just design education for designers, but in business schools, engineering schools, everybody should really have this understanding of how these creative problem solving methods should work. I think you just inspired many listeners to start learning how to embrace design thinking to problem solve. Carl, do you have suggestions on where they can start that journey? Yeah, and a really good way to get started actually yeah. is we have right on ibm.com slash design slash thinking. Yeah. We'll take you directly to a website, free education. There's a two hour module that will also give you a practitioner badge that you can put yes. in LinkedIn yes. and the like as well. And then we have upper level ones as well. But yeah, you can start there. So Carl, enterprise design thinking has given us tremendous benefit that led to business and client success. Any thoughts on what's next? What I'm leading now at the company, I've been in, the, in this new job for about eight months and really looking at when we mention in really understanding humans that we're trying to improve the lives of, understanding the problem deeply and then gathering feedback on it and, and the like, that activity is done by trained people in what we call user experience research. And some designers get a little bit of education in that and can do it, but you really need specialists in it. Right, and right. it's typically also done with people that have PhD education in that. So my new team, there's basically 100 designer, uh, researchers right. rather in the software and cloud organization. Yeah. They report directly right. to me, and there's a total of about 350 researchers yeah. across all of IBM. And that's a whole discipline that is really sort of getting into its ascendancy now, realizing that the more we can deeply understand, for example, the unmet needs of, let's say, new logo clients, where we want to now go to clients that we haven't had before right. that don't know how to spell IBM. And right. in order to do that, we need to really deeply understand where they're at. What do they need that we don't currently have that we need to sort of improve upon? That's typically done by the specialists of user experience right. researchers, like anybody can ask a question and learn something, right. but these researchers will do it in the appropriate rigorous way to be able to have a sample size that's appropriate. We'll do the, the data analysis on it that's appropriate right. and make sure that we're actually 
reliably getting information. And my biggest worry is that certain products, features are put into a product because an executive talked to one client, then the rest of the industry didn't need that. Yeah, it was that yeah. one client that right. needed it. Well, that's why you need to have user yeah. experience researchers. This is saying the squeaking wheel gets the... Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and often some of those change our product roadmap to tailor to the, the customers that complain the most. Mm -hmm. There may be others out there that need something different. Yep. So here's a tough question. If we have unlimited resources, we can staff every team with designers and researchers. But the reality is that's not the case. I'm sure many audiences are wondering, what can we do to scale out this way of problem solving? via enterprise design thinking in those cases where staffing is not possible? I think that there are various things that we can do to support teams like that. We typically really want to just staff properly, but right now, if we're not right. drastically hiring right now, yeah. I think we should be trying to support the teams that are doing that. And one of the ways that we've done it before is having the occasional sort of critique session. So where somebody comes in, and I've done that over many, many years, less so in the last 10 years, because we staffed up appropriately right, right, on, right. on certain products. But I think there's also the opportunity to basically have the team do their work best they can, right. and then have a little slice of time, like a yeah. couple of hours, let's yeah. say, of, of reviewing what's yeah. there, and then making modifications. And, and not just when it's coded, you know, in the <laughs> earliest stages, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So having design thinking office hours, perhaps, where teams can bring in the problem they're trying to solve and get feedback. And doing it iteratively while we're building versus after the fact. Because once it's coded, or worse yet, in the field, it gets more expensive to change. So Carl, thank you so much for taking us through the fantastic journey of enterprise design thinking. Just one last question. What would be your ingredient and recipe for building products that leads to happy users? I think it's basically the things that I've said thus far, but doing that on steroids, making sure that you are honestly stepping back and saying, are we doing things as effectively as, as we can? And I think that we have this new term that's around the industry called product-led growth. And product-led growth is all about happy users. What does a happy user do when they start to use a product? Let's say they're just trying one. A chat GPT might be a good example, right? You're going to share it. You're going to tell everybody all over the place, right? And as a result, you don't actually have to sell the product. This product sells itself. And the most important ingredient to doing that is just making it have really, really amazing design to yeah, the point yeah. where you are so delighted that you're going to share this stuff with others. Now, we need to do some things to ensure that we optimize that. So when somebody has heard from somebody else that there's this really great product, that we can really make sure that you can try it themselves right, really right. quickly and then buy it and, and the like as well. So a large part of making something and creating happy users basically is make sure it's got amazing design. And then ideally then make sure that it sells itself and that you can also then have the follow-up directly with them in the future. A good example of that is the product Zoom. Uh, when it first came out, I bought a copy. A number of other departments bought yeah. a copy themselves, right? Departmental sales. So it wasn't CIO that bought it initially. It was because everybody, word of mouth, yeah, went around, mouth, right? Yeah. That's what we're after. And the way you get there is doing the very things that I've already been talking about enterprise design thinking, but also really importantly, 
having the best skills in right. user experience research, in design, visual design, content design, user experience design, and the like as well. Amazing software engineers on the product. Really importantly, great product managers. There's a huge focus in the company on that. It's doing everything that everybody has as their responsibility perfectly, and then working together as a team really effectively as well. I love it, Carol. Getting people to love your product with good design and then amplify it with ease of people trying and buying. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the ingredient and recipe for happy users from Carl Bradenberg. Thank you so much for spending the time with us, Carl. Thank you so much, Kevin. Really appreciate it. I would also like to thank you, the audience, for listening. See you on a future episode.